Welcome to Diverse, the podcast of the Society of Women Engineers. SWE supports the advancement of women in engineering and technology. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and SWE's blog, All Together, at altogether.swe.org. Looking for more information and data on women in engineering? Head over to research.swe.org and review the groundbreaking research that SWE has been conducting. SWE's research efforts include reporting on women of color in engineering and how community colleges may play a role in getting more women to graduate with engineering degrees. You can also check out the annual SWE Literature Review in SWE Magazine's State of Women in Engineering issue. Hi, I'm Heather Doty, FY21 President of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. I'm joined today by one of our WE20 Mega Session speakers, Ann Collier, CEO of Arudia. Arudia is a firm dedicated to improving culture, collaboration, and communication. Anne is an expert leadership coach, steadfast in her commitment to excellence and her clients' goals. She coaches and delivers programming designed to help individuals, teams, and organizations amplify accomplishments, improve financial stability, and achieve greater self-actualization. They perform well because they are confident, deliberate, and resilient. Anne started her professional career as a tax lawyer for the IRS, Office of Chief Counsel and then Legislative Affairs. She then went into private practice. After 11 years practicing law, she started her own executive coaching practice, which evolved into designing and delivering whole-scale training initiatives, leadership and team development, and strategic planning facilitations. Anne brings a lawyer's critical thinking and analytical skills to her programming. Thanks for joining us today, Anne. Thanks for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Awesome. Why don't we start by having you walk us through your academic and professional accomplishments? Where did you go to school and how did your studies influence your career path? Uh, sure thing. I went to school, went to undergrad at the University of Michigan, and um, while I was there, became very interested in public policy. So concurrent with my bachelor's, I got a master's from the Institute of Public Policy Studies in public policy. And then I went straight from there into law school, also at the U of M. Um, and as you all can imagine, it's great to pay in-state tuition. Definitely. What was the impetus for transitioning from tax law to coaching, training, leadership, and team development? You know, I just found that being a tax lawyer wasn't a fit for me. Um, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention um, how important it was to have um, a really solid female role model in my life. So I went into law school. Both my parents are attorneys. So, so many of you may have some of the same um, role models looking at your parents or family members or, or good friends. Um, but I can remember going to law school with my mom actually when I was six years old. So in the early 70s. So now you can figure out how old I am. Um, but I saw, she was really a pioneer. She was in the first wave of women that went to law school and I followed her. What I learned from her was was really grit and determination. I just needed to focus it elsewhere. Absolutely. What are your professional goals as CEO and coach consultant? What would you like to see happen in the future? So I'm very committed to helping everybody, really. Um, I do a lot of work in healthcare, behavioral health with lawyers, with engineers, um, nonprofits, big corporations. Um, so it's not necessarily a field, but it's a person. So 
my goal is to help as many people as possible attain greater success and fulfillment from their professional and their personal lives. So as a CEO, what that means is growing my business. Um, I've got a great team. We're a small, small team of women. We've got a lot of girl power in the office and um, very, very committed, uh, committed individuals. And, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate both Cynthia and Esther. And then we've got some uh, other consultants that we use, you know, when we need, ex- need more capacity. Um, so as a CEO, I'm looking at building the business really as a way to have more impact and, um, and again, and on our clients, um, as a coach consultant, um, and that's really more specific to sort of what are we delivering? When I talk about self-actualization, it's really about being more confident, performing extremely well and having a sense of renewal and, and the latter, the renewal has been so important over the last six or seven months because COVID has just really, you know, stressed everybody, uh, in a, in a unique way, um, I am also on the board of the Women's Bar Association and uh, participate in a lot of women's organizations because I, I just really get, gain a lot of personal fulfillment in supporting other women in achieving their own greatness. That's fantastic. And I know a lot of our partner organizations also want to support women. Can you um, share with us your thoughts on how others in industry can create a more diverse, inclusive environment within their companies and teams? Uh, yeah, sure. So this, I do a lot of this work. Um, if you don't have self-awareness, uh, then you don't, you don't know that you have unconscious bias. So in other words, if you, if you're a, um, if you're someone who just goes through life, not sort of questioning your own decisions and ways of thinking, uh, then you may not realize, for example, that you're not giving the women or the African-Americans or the Hispanics on your team enough, you know, a voice. You're not including them in meetings. You're not giving their opinions as much credence, that sort of thing. I mean, there's all sorts of um, all sorts of articles that have been written about how, you know, women need to support each other. You know, a woman has an idea and then uh, and everybody ignores it. And then when the when a man raises it, it's like, oh, isn't that a great idea? Um, so it's really about self-awareness and then honing listening skills, um, being present and um, and just being being self-aware and being aware that there there is a challenge in creating a, a more diverse and inclusive environment and that that it doesn't just happen because you're a good person. It happens because you are actively including people, actively making people feel comfortable and have a sense of belonging so that they do speak up and contribute. Yeah, I like that making it an action. It's not just something that will happen if you wish it so. Definitely. Well, we're really looking forward to your mega session at the We 20 conference, and I encourage everyone to go. And so we won't delve into it too much so we won't ruin, you know, spoil it in advance. But your presentation is called Style Matters, How Cognitive Diversity Affects Your Work. Can you tell us a little bit about cognitive diversity and why it's important to understand? Sure, sure. Um, So this comes from a a very personal place. Um, I am very different than my family. So growing up, I always knew I was different and I didn't really understand what that meant or why. And, you know, I think when we're kids, we think like, oh, there must be something wrong with me. Um, And then it was only until about 20 years later when I got Myers-Briggs certified that I realized that I was the only extrovert in a family of introverts. And then at the same time, and, and 
you know, really started to explore problem solving, different styles of problem solving, because I'm all about, you need different perspectives and different ways of approaching problems to solve our most challenging, uh, our biggest challenges, whether they're social, whether they're engineering, um, you know, because it's technology and new thinking that's going to get us out of all the, the problems that we have right now. So cognitive diversity, without spoiling it too much, is a different way of problem solving. You know, you're either a more structured problem solver or a less structured problem solver. And then there are all sorts of implications for how do you brainstorm? How do you go about implementing a solution, implementing your ideas? And what's your relationship to hierarchy uh, and to rules? Do you tend to follow it or, or do you sort of buck the system a little bit? Um, I am definitely the latter. I am not uh, not a rules follower for sure. So, so the fact that I'm different really stands out. Yeah, I think that's probably true for a lot of entrepreneurs like yourself. So can you tell us about some of the obstacles you faced as a female entrepreneur and how did you overcome them? Sure, sure. And so I started my business after practicing law, as I said, for 11 years. And um, definite, law was definitely at that time a male-dominated profession. And um, I would say that I, I didn't feel quite valued or appreciated um, in that environment, which was one reason that I left. And so I think one of the biggest challenges that I faced was actually my own confidence. And I just appreciate all the, the both male and female mentors that I've had over the last 20 years that have helped me uh, improve my confidence, um, mentor me, give me ideas, give me support. My husband has been um, an absolutely terrific mentor. We actually used to work together, and it's ironic because I actually fired him as my mentor when we were practicing law because he never had time for me. That is not <laughs> the case right now. <laughs> and then you married him instead. Okay, it's a different solution. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Like it, and now we're and now we're socially distant. So so I'm his best friend, and he's mine, uh, which was what it was before. <laughs> awesome. But um, but what I would say is, and and this is really important and very core to my work is how important it is to continue to invest in yourself, build your own confidence, um, and and just you know I don't mean be the best that you can be the way they say it in the army, but like. There is so much human potential out there that is untapped. And I really believe we need to support each other. And that, that's what I find so fulfilling about my work. That's awesome. You know, you, you kind of mentioned a little bit about this whole being socially distanced and working and, and work-life balance. It, it can definitely be difficult as a working woman, especially one in a leadership role, CEO such as yourself, to find that healthy work-life balance. So just to get that personal side, what do you do to unwind and disconnect from, from your professional responsibilities? Um, I have actually found that that's been critical to my success. And I'm finding now more than before, it's important to disconnect. So I've always had a, um, a really solid yoga practice. Every morning I do my yoga about half hour to 45 minutes if I'm really stiff because uh, I'm over 50. It might, it might be an hour and 15 minutes, but um, I really take care of my body um, and I enjoy the yoga. I walk every day, but probably what really the, the most important aspect of my disconnection from the digital world is that I ride my horse three times a week. And um He's been my buddy for the last 15 years, so uh, so we have a good relationship. So I guess I'm not totally socially distanced. I have I have him and my three cats. Excellent, excellent. Some fur babies are also critical for my own uh, self disconnection. Um, I love it. 
So finally, if you could give any one piece of advice to current engineers who are thinking of moving up the leadership ranks, what would that be? Uh, I don't know if this is one piece or 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 if it's a, a lot pulled together, but if I had to, it's believe in yourself and invest in yourself. You can do it. You just, you have to know yourself. You have to grow. You have to invest the time, develop, learn how to manage your stress, recognize that we all have weaknesses. We all have blind spots, not a big deal, not a fatal flaw. You just figure out how to compensate and strategize. Um, as a leader, what you'll want to do is to make sure that you're really leveraging the people around you. So good collaborative relationships, learning from others is always important. Some of the best advice that I ever got was from a tax lawyer I worked with at the IRS. And he said, he told me early in my career to make sure that I always surrounded myself from with people that I could learn from. That's great advice. Thanks, Anne. Um, thank you again for taking the time to speak with us today and providing some really valuable insight for our current and future engineers and leaders. I can't wait to hear your We 20 session. Thank you, Heather. It was such a pleasure to be here and it was great to meet you. I'm looking forward to it too. Awesome. To all of our listeners, if you haven't already done so, make sure to register for this year's all-virtual conference. Head to we20.sweet.org for the lineup of events and registration info, including Anne's mega session. And don't worry if you can't make it live when it happens. The content will all be available for a year to all registered participants, so enjoy. I'm Heather Doty. For all of us at SWE, thanks for listening. 